Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Always constant. All right. So, um, I want to do a part B to that, and um, the part B, part B is going to be about an evil report, and it's something that's been in my mind for quite a while because I don't know if you have been taught on that or has has anybody ever have you studied that just how to handle an evil report can I just ask you that question how many have studied that how many people know about it okay good well then today may be very valuable to you as leaders because it's amazing how information travels it's amazing how people process information and it's really amazing on people what people do with information okay and as leaders you will have to handle what I call uh, dangerous information okay it's like holding a stick of dynamite what are you going to do with it Okay. Anybody know what to do with a stick of dynamite? Get rid of it. You're not sitting there looking at it. Oh, that's a nice little flame. And then you're then you're looking at Jesus, right? After it goes off. So, um, so so really, the Bible is really helpful because I honestly believe that a lot of Christians are not blessed or reach their potential because of how we handle what, what I'm going to discuss today about uh, an evil report or dangerous information. And we, we can say, uh, we could maybe start off by saying that any information that does not go through the cross, okay, any info that does not go through it is what I'm going to call dangerous, okay? A dangerous, we could just literally say that it's something that's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt us, okay? But information that goes through the cross, what's going to happen? There'll be a resurrection perspective. There'll be a divine perspective. There'll be a selfless result, okay? All right. How are you doing this morning? Can I just dive right in? Is it you good? Yes. Do you want to have their coffee? No. No? Anna's going to share her coffee with everybody? No? Okay. <laughs> All right. Proverbs 6. <clears throat> Honestly, working in pastoral care, I can tell you, and many of you can probably say the same, Pastor Elshon, many of you probably, this is something you deal with every day. Every day. I would say. And um, it's so valuable to... Uh, know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, just because it may seem harmless, but it's something that can really steal your joy. It can uh, destroy someone's character. And, and that's how we're going to define the evil report today. Is it's information that assassinates people's character. Okay? It assassinates them. It kills them. So... Uh, who can de- who can define for me gossip? What's the word gossip mean? Gossip. 
Something you say that isn't true? <clears throat> right. Something you say that isn't true? Or has it or has it or what? Has it touched touched Some, the truth? Something that is not true about somebody else not in their presence. Okay. Thank you. So that means it's actually true or untrue. Right. Not in their presence. Okay. What is slander? Yes, Anna. Slander is like when someone has hurt you and you want to like show people your side of it, or like when you want to depict an ugly picture of someone. Okay. Sort of. Um, you kind of mixed a couple things, but it, that was good. So gossip is speaking. Okay, forgive my slander is written. It's a written accusation. It can be verbal. It can be verbal, uh, and that can be, we can say. Uh, one writer says it's <laughs> verbal murder. Verbal murder, but typically it's something written. Okay. Um, and yes, uh, it's distorted in the sense where you're going to give your own spin. I'm going to give my own spin. Now in counseling, it's very easy. Someone may come in, uh, a wife or a husband, and they, they want to talk about the other, <clears throat> the other spouse without them present. Do we counsel one party that talks about the other, or do we meet with both parties? What do you think the answer is? Both, right? Because it's not going to help talking to one party, because it'll just be one-sided. By the way, how many sides to a story? There's three sides to the story. Mine, yours, and the Lord. Okay, good. So, um, all right, Proverbs chapter 6, let's look at that together. God help us with this, because um, it's not so clear sometimes. It's not so clear. So, Proverbs 6, the six things that God hates, yes, seven are abominable to him. A proud look. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, uh, verse 18, feet that are swift in running to evil, and the last two are what I want to focus on, a false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among the brethren. Okay. Sowing discord. It's almost like the principle in the Gospels with the wheat and the tares. As the seed is going in, there is a false seed going in at the same time. It's unseen. It's growing together. It looks the same until harvest. And then it is very different. And unfortunately, you cannot separate the wheats and the tares without destroying the wheat, right? You can't separate the tares right? until harvest time. But what did Jesus say about the tares? What's going to happen to the tares? Yeah, they'll be burned. Yep. All right. So, so I hope this is going to be an edifying class, but I can't tell you how important this class is. I remember being shared this in, in my uh in Bible school, and um, it really helps me. It helps me process information correctly, because people are sincere, people are innocent, 
And people actually do this, I do this, you do this, without even really knowing it sometimes. So this just helps us in James chapter 3, which is a very important chapter to read about the tongue. We really need to have God's bridle so that we are not destroying our brother, right? Now, I want to say this from the get-go so that you understand that communication is good. Communication is important. If there's a problem, we don't hide the problem. Or if we see something, we say something. I feel like I'm talking from BWI Airport here. You see something, say something. In the church, it's the same principle. It's not like we want to hide information. We don't want to put things under the rug. Or God forbid we ignore it. But what what... How we do it is really important, really important. And I want to give some some uh, points today on, and, and the first thing I want to say about information is we want to talk to the right people. Okay? That's the number one thing here, okay? So let's say there's a problem. We want to talk to, we call the table of organization. Does anybody know what that term means, table of organization? The table of organization is leadership in the church. Leadership in the church. It's people above you, if we can say it like that. Another term is delegated authority. Okay, let's say you see something and you don't understand what it is. Before we talk to somebody, who do we talk to? Okay, we talk to the Lord, absolutely. But who do we talk to first? Yes, (laughs) thank you. This is really important, and I want to go into this today because this just doesn't happen. I'm sorry to say it. This happens very rarely. Before the person even knows what's going on, the person that it's applicable to, many have talked to many people, and all of a sudden it becomes like a forest fire. But I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, so an evil report is something that assassinates someone's character. Okay, it means it literally defames them. It's something that um, attacks them. Excuse me. It's what the devil uh, is said. He's a an accuser of the brethren. Okay. He's an accuser of the brethren. Every day and night, he accuses the brethren. Isn't that terrible? So a lot of our thoughts, we want to really lay at the cross and say, Lord, I want to bring this information through the cross. I want to apply it. Is this something, okay, is this something that you would say, Lord? Is this something that I would find in the Bible? Right? And is this something that's going to draw me in my faith uh, closer to you? Three, three questions we want to ask about information. We get a projection or information comes at us. Lord, is this something you would say to me? Okay, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good grounder of a question. Is this something I'd find in the Bible? 
And is it something that would draw me closer or make my faith stronger? That, if it goes through this litmus test, then it's the information that you have is going through the cross. Okay? And the, ac the action of it will be life. But information, like we said at the very beginning, that does not go through the cross, and it goes through my perception, or even worse, my emotion, or my reasoning, <laughs> this could come to a lot of different conclusions, right? And we hear this sometimes, like, like let's say someone doesn't shake your hand in the in the church, and and um, it sounds like a petty thing, but this can happen. Uh, it, it's like, wow, is that person mad at me? Is that person upset at me? Did I do something wrong? Or we've even said this. Maybe we're going through a trial, and we might say this classic statement, Lord, are you punishing me? Okay. This is all information that somehow is lost and not on the other side of the cross. Okay. So that, that's kind of a, an interesting start, okay? Let's turn to Genesis chapter 9 for a minute. So, an evil report is a distortion of facts. Okay, it's a distortion of fact. Information that hey, did you hear what that person did? Or did you hear what that person said? Or can you believe this happened? Uh, it's always, there's always a, um, a focus on someone else's action. And of course that person's not there. And of course, of, of course there's not two witnesses, so you're hearing hearsay. And then there's always a, there's always a, um, a, uh, Kind of a what do you what do you call that a um, a skewing of information? Okay, so that's number two. It's incomplete information. It's incomplete information. <clears throat> so that person's going to tell you what they're going to tell you based on their opinion, so that you feel bad for them, maybe. Okay. And then thirdly. There's wrong motivation. That person is sharing what they're sharing with you potentially for pity. Uh, maybe there's an idea of um, unifying you and I against that person. There's a lot of wrong motivation, okay? But let me show you an interesting example of this. Look at Genesis 9.23. I was reading this today or the other day, and I thought, this is an excellent example. So when you say we're in an informational age, right? Information comes at us a lot of ways. Verbally, right? Online. It's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing how bold people are online. How bold they are. They never say those things to your face, but they are, they are very bold online. And uh, so I'm saying to you and me, God help us be careful here because an evil report, remember we said it breaks 32 doctrines? Do you remember that? Anybody remember I said that? I have those 32 <coughs> doctrines and I can share them with you later. 
But I want you to be blessed. I want you to grow in your faith. And I want you to be able to process dangerous information carefully. Okay? Just like there's a bomb in the street, there's a special team of people that go in, special suits, special training. And what are they doing? They're defusing the bomb, right? And you and I are going to be those people in leadership. You're going to hear things that you'll process with God, process with leadership, process with the right people, right? And we're going to win a brother. We're going to, we're going to save a sister. We're going to defeat the devil, right? Because they overcame him. How? What are the two words, two ways that the devil's over, overcome? They overcame him by what? Blood of the Lamb. So what Jesus did on the cross was the absolute defeat. And what's the second one? The word of his testimony. Good. Not my testimony. So are you with me? Is this good? Are you with me? All right. I really want to dig into this a little bit. I think it's valuable. Genesis 9, 23. So we, we see a horrifying story here. Noah gets drunk in his tent. He's uncovered. And it's bad, okay? Why did God put this in the Bible? Amazing man, right? Amazing. And, but he did it so he could show how sin, it, the response to sin, okay? So let's read that. So that's 21. He's uncovered, drunk in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, in verse 22, saw the nakedness of his father and told <coughs> his brothers outside. That doesn't seem like a bad thing, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, it doesn't seem like a bad thing. But it was. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both of their shoulders, and went backwards mm -hmm. and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see the father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him, and he was cursed. So this is, a, this is a provoking story, isn't it? Because maybe we would have done the same thing. The younger brother communicates with the older brothers, hey, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Now, the pointer I want to bring out is how do you and I deal with uh, information or blatant sin? How do we deal with it? Well, we see the example here. Getting a getting a cloak or a covering, walking in backwards, which speaks of not denial, but it speaks of love covering a multitude of sin. Okay? And that verse is often misunderstood. Love is not compromising with sin, but love is between you and that person's sin. Love is there. It's the buffer zone. Okay? Here is love. Here is that person. And I'm sorry, this is the sin, right? So love is there, okay? So the focus was not Noah's nakedness. That was not the conversation, even though that was absolutely wrong. But the focus was, we're going to cover death. And we're not going to look at death. Sin, we're not, gonna, we're not going to make it the, the focus. We're going to make love the focus. 
And this is love and truth, not just flim flammy love like we hear every day. Love is love and everyone loves and let's just have love and love. <laughs> Funny conversation. If you ever want to ask somebody what love is, I love to do that in relationship counseling. What do you think love is? That's a great starting point of conversation. And it's such a wild um, general answer that the world has, but God's love covers a multitude. It stands between me and my sin. It stands between me and my past and my and your uh, wickedness. So that's an interesting point I want to bring out. Now then let's look over to Ecclesiastes 10 for a minute. <clears throat> now, I really want to balance this. I'm not saying that you don't say anything. That was a misunderstanding in our ministry years ago, and it really twisted a lot of people. That's not what I'm saying. You, if you see something, you say something, right? But you just say it to the right people. Uh, you don't, you don't grab your neighbor. You don't get on the phone or get online and just start blasting information, because what happens? It'll hurt you. It'll hurt me. It'll actually destroy the person's character. And in, the, and in the means of it, in the journey of it, it'll destroy you and I. Okay? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I want that really clear. Because um, in a church, there's a lot of sinners, right? How many sinners are in this room? <laughs> okay. Do I want to talk about Ben's who's sin? No, I don't want to talk about Ben Scoo's right? Uh, the point is, I want to win Ben Scoo, or we could say this about any of us. The issue is, I want to speak about God who delivers us from sin, right? But there's a part in us, there's this emotion in us that we just want to tell somebody information. Got to tell the, the dirty, the, 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 the dirty laundry. Well, God, God is a real um, adversity to that. And we just read that in Proverbs chapter 6. It's something he hates. So sowing discord means that I'm literally speaking information, and it's being sown into that person's heart, and it'll actually reap. It'll actually reap something, and it'll cause death later. And I want to show you an interesting verse on that. Yes, JP? Um, what if that specific sin is murdering that person? <coughs> You mean the person that yeah, they, so they like, themselves are sinning? So like there's someone who's sinning against a person and that person is hurt by this other person. Like they talk about it. Okay. So my question is who would they talk to, right? Would they, would they talk to you? Maybe. Okay. So that's an interesting point. They say that 70% of all <laughs> counseling is done by the peers, right? So if you hear information, if someone's being hurt, then you want to console that person, encourage that person, and help them find the right person to talk to that can deal with that. Does that make sense? I'm speaking like in a church. So let's say there's abuse in a family, let's say, that a horrible thing like that. Or let's say um, <clears throat> uh, we could, I, mean, I know this is kind of like, this is kind of like, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? Heavy stuff this morning. I don't mean it to be, but 
when there's when there's like serious problems, we want to help the person that's a victim get help. Absolutely. But we just don't want to talk to everybody about it. And that's my point. It's like free radicals in the body, right? Cancer, right? Free radicals in the body, they kill cells, right? We don't want free radicals in our body. It's the same thing in the church. We don't want rogue people talking about everyone else's sin. Or, like, I, like I, we've experienced this here in our ministry uh, years ago, and thankfully that's not the case today. All right, let me show you this. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Let's look there together. So, <clears throat> it's interesting. Like, God is everywhere present, knows all things, and um, <clears throat> he knows all the facts, right? So, if someone comes to you with information, you just want to almost stop them. It, well, wait a second. Stop. Let's get that person. Let's just invite that person you're talking about. Oh, no, I can't do that. They, they're not going to receive it. Then our conversation's over, actually. Right? We must bring the person, we must bring all the persons together, and they must be addressed. Because number one, one the number one thing we see in an evil report is misunderstanding. Something's been lost in translation. Something has been uh, misunderstood. And it's amazing when you talk to a person face to face. It's amazing if you do it in humility, like Galatians 6.1 talks about, then it's amazing how things can be reconciled pretty quickly if the brother or sister is humble. But if I talk to everybody else except the person that needs to be talked to, then what's happening? I'm creating a forest fire. You ever been in the woods and you're throwing matches on dry leaves? You just, I mean, hopefully you didn't do that. <laughs> I, I used to love to play with fire when I was a kid. And I almost blew up my father's van, actually. <clears throat> yeah, anyway, that's a great story. All of us, all our, all us brothers, we played with fire. Uh, yeah, I we learned some stories there, but... <laughs> It's amazing we, we're not in jail for being arsons because we are lighting everything on fire. Um, but it's like you're in, you're in the woods and you're flicking the, the matches. And what happens? You flick it, right? You send it, and 20 feet away, all of a sudden you have a fire there. Flick it over here, you have a fire there. Flick it over here. All of a sudden you have multiple fires, and guess what? They can get out of control quickly, right? And that's the thing about lying or misinformation. You don't remember who you told what, and ultimately the truth gets buried, right? So it's very important to be rude. And I'm not a rude person, but if the person starts to talk and talk and talk about someone that's not there, and it's something that's changing, it, it happens involuntarily. It'll change your mind about that person you got to stop them. Say, hey, listen, whoa, whoa, put the brakes on here. Let's get that person. Let's let's seek the Lord in humility. Let's find out what it is the real issue is. And cover that person, love that person, help that person, uh, and minister to that person. Okay? All right, let, let's look at verse 20. Who wants to read 1020 with me? 1020. Go ahead, Andrew. 
furthermore, in your bedchamber, do not curse a king, and in your sleeping rooms, do not curse a rich man. For a bird of the heavens will carry the stone, and the winged creature will make the matter known. Interesting, isn't it? Do not curse the king even in your thoughts. Lord, help us. You know, Are we going to agree with everybody at all times? No, and this is why we need to be at the feet of Jesus, right? Do not curse the rich even in your bedroom, right? Jealousy. Oh, I wish I was like that. Oh, they don't deserve that. Whatever is going on in our heart, there's a birdie. And this is speaking of a demon. Demons will take that information and and it's like, because remember the devil is not omnipresent, but demons have a network and they are active. And they're active to divide they want to divide the church. They want to divide friendships. There's an interesting verse, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 18, 17. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Interesting verse. It's in the power of the tongue. Um, we we understand that, um, and let's, let's turn over to Psalm 140 for a minute. Let me kind of develop this. Psalm 140, verse 3. Remember, the devil can not read your mind, but he can certainly read your countenance, and he's certainly listening to you. So we're either arming the devil or disarming the devil. We're either arming the devil or we're disarming the devil. So I want us to be cautious in what we say uh, so that we don't arm the devil so that he has effective means to hurt us or hurt others. So I went through the transition with Pastor Schaller, and it's amazing how that went, actually, and it's a learning experience. It should be a, it should be a study for all of us as students, how he handled because it was not easy. It was not an easy situation. But he was before the Lord, and the Lord promoted him, and we can thank God for that. Uh, and we have more recent examples we could say but let's look at Psalm 140 together so not every bad news is evil okay let's clarify that for a minute okay bad news what is bad news bad news could be something contrary to what I want to have happen maybe a preference but what is evil? Tell me what evil is. Who can tell me what evil is? Yes. It attacks God's glory, right? Attacks God's glory. Okay, that's very good. Okay. Very good. What else? Yes, Yvonne. Trying to attain good through your own will and own way. Okay, I could say that, sure. Very good. What's the big word about evil? There's a word that we stick in. Tell me some more. Let's, let's, let's rehash it. This is important. Pastor Elshon, what would you say evil would be? There's a system yeah. that goes against the nature of God. Okay. That's the word. It's a system. It's a government that goes against the nature of God. Okay, excellent. So personal sin is something that I do, you do. It's our nature. Premeditated sin, which is called transgression. Mm -hmm. It means we plan to do it. 
But evil means I'm a captive to it. I'm now in a system where I cannot, you cannot get victory over it. This is the same thing with an evil information. Someone may say, hey, let's have a coffee. Let's just talk. You're so awesome. I'm always a, I'm always a little nervous when someone is like buttering me up like that. <laughs> You're so awesome. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm ready for the knife, you know. Forgive me for that. I mean, <laughs> flattery is terrible. Edifica what's, edification is like build me up in my spirit, right? I don't want to know about me and my flesh because I'm not a good guy. Neither of us are, right? But in our spirit, right, we are the sons and daughters of God, right? So it's, it's smooth. I want to show you this verse. This is interesting. It's, it's so smooth. It's like, it's like before you know it, you're, you're, you're hearing you're hearing it. Okay. Okay, Psalm 140. They sharpen, okay. Uh, deliver me, O Lord, from evil men, verse 1. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of an asp is under their lips. Anybody like snakes here? Yeah. I love to catch them, actually. It's a little... Really, Nathan? Yeah, it's yeah, great. You do. And how do you grab a snake? By the head. By the head. Good. Because if, if you grab them by the tail, what happens? Yeah, you get you get bit. Let me show you a couple verses here. Um, Proverbs twenty-three thirty-two. Let's look at that together. And I have to say this: this happens so quickly. <coughs> And if we're not on our game, there's a part of us that is curious. There's a part of us that's going to be like, really? That sounds so scandalous. Tell me more information. What's the problem? The problem is the person is not there. Right? We go to them alone. Take a brother. Bring leadership. I mean, we want people to survive. We want people to survive. But the world does not have this checklist. The world is all about canceling. And that makes me red hot because people are can't. There's an attack against the Christian church to cancel leaders. It's clear. It's gonna. It's gonna happen to you. It's. It's gonna happen to me. It's happening right now in some cases. And I don't want to be part of that cancel culture, okay? And we shared about that last time. I don't want to go there. Uh, I want to spend some more time on this. Okay, let's look at uh, Proverbs 23:32. So what is poison? I mean, I like, I like what Benesku said. It's an attack against the glory of God. Is this person being edified? Is this person really uh, being rightly... Um, um, I don't want to misrepresent a person, right? So in a table of organization, let's say there's a problem on our team, and let's say the person is, is failing in an area. In the table of organization, we're there to help them and to minister to them, give them the tools to succeed, right? Not to crucify them on a cross again, right? But we want them to help them with blind spots, but we want to help them grow. All right, 23... 
Is this making sense? Are we good? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, 2332. Who wants to read that verse? Okay. And this is talking about alcohol, interestingly enough, doesn't it? Verse 31 in context. Proverbs? Yeah, Proverbs 22:32. Do not look on the wine when it's red, when it sparkles in a cup, when it squirrels around smoothly. At the laugh, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Mm -hmm. Your eyes will see strange things. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> and your heart will utter perverse things. Oh, we will. It's so interesting, isn't it? Like, like in this context, it's alcohol. But in a conversation, it's interesting how people that were not even friends will come together and talk and attack another innocent person. So let's say with Noah's situation, was Noah wrong? Yeah. Noah was way off, okay? But how you handle that, or how you handle that, is of utmost to restore and to reconcile. Two to, to the most important verse, words in the Bible, restore in love and reconcile in faith. And we read this in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19, where we want our brother to or sister to be restored. And Noah was. But the younger brother was cursed because he handled it his way. Seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? All right, Proverbs 16. Let's look at this together. Those leaders, we're kind of like the filter in one sense. People come and maybe they're not spiritually mature and they're just talking, 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 talking and they're like, I don't understand. And it's like you want to help them slow it down, point them back to Jesus, and put the bridle on, right? Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just make sure that we're not going to uh, partake in an evil report. What's an evil report? What's an evil report? Talk to me. I want you to process this. What, what's an evil report? Distortion of facts. Distortion of facts can be, yes. Doesn't care about restoring them. Tearing down. No. Tearing down doesn't care about restoring them. Good. That's a good point. Misunderstanding. Misunderstanding can lead to an evil report, yes. But what did we say an evil report is what? What's the core? Distortion of facts. It's the assassination of character. Oh. Okay. What's an assassin do? An assassin, what does an assassin do? Kill. How does he kill, though? If we can kill. I know, but. Yeah, okay. It's secret. He's there in his bush with his scope. Right? He's planted the, the explosive. Trap, exactly. Okay. All right, good. All right, let's look at this here. Uh, Proverbs 16. Let's put that together. I don't know why I have not spoken on this in years, actually. And I don't know why God has had me share this in this class. But I could not get away from it. So this is for you. Right? This is for me, okay? So if you're asking me why I'm preaching this, this is the only thing I could, this is the only thing I could focus on, okay? So... 
hoping that it'll be a blessing to you. All right, Proverbs uh, 16, uh, 27. An ungodly man digs up evil, and it's on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Mm-hmm. Have you been on the other end of that? It's terrible, isn't it? It is. To win a brother, like we said last time, that has had a wounded heart or a bitter heart is very difficult. It's easier to take a city than to win a brother that has a wounded heart. So we want to just handle, um, again, we want to handle information in in the sense of, hey, let's work with the facts. Okay, let me just give you some points here. What are the facts, right? Number two, what's the context? And number three, why are you coming to me? What can I do about it? Like, am I the right person you should be talking to? What about the 12 spies? Jesus said, go take the land. How many people came back with a good report? Two. How many people came back with an evil report? Too big of people, too much of an obstacle. God didn't say, uh, you're mistaken, right? The whole idea is is very much like anti-Christ, right? Joshua and Caleb, right? Joshua and Caleb, right? They're the ones that came back with a good report. The other ten missed God totally. All right, where did I tell you to go? Proverbs 16, 28? Oh, did I read that already? Yes, okay. I'm giving you a lot of scripture today. Okay, Psalm 41, 7, let's look there. How you doing, you all right? You good? Is this interesting? It's scary, isn't it? I'm scared to death of this stuff. Dangerous information. Are you holding today some dynamite? You may be. Is it lit? I'd be concerned if it's lit. One thing to hold dynamite is a whole other thing to hold it while it's lit. All right? Mm-hmm. Information. What are we hearing about people? What are we because the Satan is going to attack, he's going to attack your relationship with your pastor. He's going to attack your relationship with your Bible. And he's going to re- you're going to attack your relationship with the body of Christ. For sure, right? What are the three things? Satan's going to attack what? Relationship with your pastor, right? Your Bible and the body. All right. So, Psalm 41. Let's look at this, Psalm 41, 7. So, again, I, I'm going to keep saying this. If you see something, you say something, Right? You say something. Let's say you hear something in a message. Like I had a guy yesterday crucify me about not believing in flat earth. I mean, he crucified me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I don't believe in flat earth. And if you do, that's your business. But the way he did it, the way he did it, he took out the nails and the sledgehammer. And I looked at this person and I thought, I've known you for 20 years. What are you doing? You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, 
That may happen to you, right? That's maybe a petty thing. All right. What did I tell you? Okay, Psalm 41.7. People will be careless with their tongue, but you don't have to partake in that, right? Isn't that good? Hopefully. We can discern it before it burns our house down. <coughs> All right, 41.7. Who wants to read Psalms 41.7? Yes, Greg. All my enemies wish for together against me. They imagine the worst for me, saying a blind disease has afflicted me, afflicted him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Uh, even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good. Oh. Is that seven and eight? Uh, yes. Okay. So, oh, that's that's the tragedy of this. It's usually close. It's people that typically you know. All right, I want to show us something here in Isaiah 59. There was a teaching in our ministry that has been very helpful over the years, and it helps us understand this principle, I think, very clearly. Um, It's called cockatrice eggs. Does anybody know that term? Cockatrice eggs. How many have heard that term? Okay, a few of you. Good. So, in Isaiah 59, let's look at that together. Bad news is one thing, assassination of character, mis, mis, uh, misappropriation, or distorted facts. These things, that's a whole other thing. What happens to you and I is something that we don't realize. When we hear information, it changes the way we think. It shapes our perception of somebody. Have you ever had someone do something wrong to you? And the next time you see it, what's the first thing? The next time you see them, what's the first thing you're going to think about? What they did. What is that? That sin or that grievance has hurt you or me and has shaped our perception. For now, we're protective, we're suspicious, and a little bit on edge. Like, I'm not going to get near that person because what they did. That's okay for the most part. That's our defense mechanism. But it's not okay if I now avoid that person or somehow come to a conclusion that is uh, anti-Christ of what that person is in Christ. Now, I'm not saying we need to go on vacation with our enemy. If someone does something wrong to you, I'm not saying you have to necessarily be buddy-buddy with them. But just protect your heart, protect your mind, so that you do not sin in your heart and in your mind. Does that make sense? That make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me show you this in Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. I know we're supposed to, supposed to take a break, right? Do you need a break? Who needs a break? One person. Bye. Are you serious? We can take a break. Do we need a break? Yes. Okay. Five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> Anna had some good questions, so I'm going to wait till she comes back so that I can answer. Anybody have any questions so far what we're talking about? Yes, Andrew. Can you talked about in the house, right? Yeah. So how does that, how do you deal with that with in your relationship with your wife? Like what do you share, or what do you not share? Ah, good question. So I don't talk to my wife at all 
really about details of the ministry. That's just a personal boundary. Because I want my house to be a place where it's her and I and my son. Um, she may have questions. So, so again, you know, your wife is your most closest person, right? Um, so you just want to guard your relationships that you're, you have a good conversation. Like Psalm 101 talks about walk in your house with a perfect heart. Like, like just kind of think about like Christ is in your house and would he be glorified in what he's hearing. But in my house, we don't talk about problems in the ministry. And I deal with them every day because we're, we, it's a, you know, people are messy, right? And we have a capacity for that because we love people, right? So I, I don't, it, it is easy to kind of, this really bothers me. You can kind of vent and you can kind of like take out the garbage can and put it on the kitchen table, right? And start eating the garbage figuratively. But I really, you really want to guard your house. You really, it's like in a dorm. Um, if someone is like upset or agitated, you want to just get them alone and talk and just say, hey, what's really going on? Because most things are, in counseling, it's really the problem that you're facing between you is really something that you yourself are battling with. Mm -hmm. So the, the problem is really often not really the problem. It's something deeper. So I know I just went to another level on that, but you just want to ask questions, and as as a husband or uh, as a spiritual leader in the home, you just want to kind of have guardrails, like okay, that's unhealthy. Let's let's uh, <laughs> or okay, let's kind of think about let's change the subject. But I mean, Hannah brought up a great point. I want to kind of go there for a minute, and let's look at Isaiah 59. Um, there are times when things bother us. And we'd all be lying to say that it wouldn't, you know, things would bother us. Um, but how you communicate and to whom you communicate and is really valuable because uh, you can communicate something without using names and without being very specific. You know, we talked last class about being hurt. Anybody remember the difference between being hurt and offended? Anybody remember the difference? Yeah, JP? Everybody gets hurt by being offended is my choice. Excellent. Very good. Okay. And all it's all about how I process it, right? And we take our hurt to the cross. We maybe take our hurt to people that we love and respect. So who are some people that we can take our hurt to, right? Jesus. I mean, that's the obvious answer. But who are some other people? Who else? Okay, so that's important. That's kind of an important point there. Mentors, people that you're accountable accountable to, and spiritual friends, right? People that can actually give you counsel, but it's good counsel. Not all your friends are going to give you good counsel. They're going to just want to wallow in the mud puddle with you, right? Yes. Be real with each other, but 
choosing like one or two wise friends and wise spiritual um, advisors that would point me back to God and then st stopping there. Like our goal is never to just like find hundreds of people to like Good. tell us about Does that make sense to everybody? It's, it's very important to find one or two that are spiritually sound that gives you wisdom and not telling everybody, not, not cross-pollinating all of this to everybody. Like it's so important, picking one or two wise friends. I always recommend to leadership. I mean, that is, that's important. Maybe someone that you trust you can talk to, right? And bear your burden and there'll be someone praying for you. In leadership, there's confidentiality. You may not have that with your friends. There's confidentiality and there's privacy, okay? Those two things are huge. And if you have that, if you have people in your life that you can speak to in confidence and privacy, awesome. So we're not meant to bear our burdens alone, right? Galatians 5, 6, we bear one another's burdens, okay? But that doesn't mean we're in, we're not mudslinging. We're not like talking about every detail. Again, we're sticking to the facts. We're sticking to the context. Who, why is it happening? For what purpose? And wh why are you telling me? Why are you telling me this? So I, it, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say a slippery slope, but who, when you hear something, you want to be on your game to make sure that uh, you can help that person uh, without uh, hurting them further and or uh, hurting, the per or hurting the person that, yeah, hurting the person further. Let me give you an example. Look at Isaiah 59. So if the sin is infectious in the church, right, we cannot wait to deal with it. We must, if you see something, say something. Let's say you're leading, you're in a Bible study, or you're, you're, uh, you're leading a small group, or you're pastoring, and you see something and it's not healthy. Then you want to go to that person alone and you want to mention it. Maybe it's a blind spot. You want to mention it in love and humility. Also, Ephesians 4.2 is a good... Um, uh, a very good in lowliness and meekness of mind. And then you say, hey, listen, this is what I see. I could be wrong. Can you help me understand what you're doing? What did you mean by the statement that you said? Mm -hmm. uh, like, ask questions. Like, don't just assume that you know what that person's thinking, because most of the time we don't. And then get to the root. The Holy Spirit will lead you to the root of the problem. Okay, that person needs care. That person needs attention. That person's lonely. That person is hurt by something in their past. They need a, they need a listening ear. <clears throat> so, but when it becomes evil, it just means the person has an uncontrollable tongue, right? And it's just everyone that comes in their range is getting shot at, okay? So in 59, let's look at this. And, and Hannah, I hope I answered your, your point. Does, does that make sense, what Hannah said? Like, have, like maybe don't have access to leadership. Uh, I would I would like to think that we're very approachable, okay? Very busy, but very approachable. But if you have like a Francois, or if you have like a, um, just maybe someone that's not a pastor or a leader in that sense, 
if they're a confidant and they're wise, then definitely have those kind of people in your life. All right, 59.5, copper trisex. Uh, so this is, again, an interesting point because when we involuntarily are hit with something, let's say someone says a word to us, let's say we get verbally assaulted, let's say, okay? And the next time, let's say the person has a bad day, and they just have a bad day and they're just irritable. And then we take that in, and now that becomes something in the inventory against that person. So the next time I see that person, I remember our previous conversation and how angry I was. Okay. That is information that has not gone through the cross. That's information that I'm bearing, okay, and that's going to hurt me and you. When information that goes through the cross, we are forgiving that person before they even ask for forgiveness, and we're releasing the offense of that person so that we can be, we can restore them in love and reconcile them in faith. How many of us have had a conversation with somebody that went south, we left that conversation, we came back a week later, the person was apologetic, the person was like, man, I was a jerk, you know, forgive me, I was just having a bad day. Now that whole week I could have been holding on to that, beating them up and myself up and wasting all that time and energy. Or we release that information at the cross and say, God, you know what that person needs. Okay, okay so 59, it says this, it says, uh, you know, again, verse 2, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. He will not hear you. Kind of a serious thing, like God doesn't like wink at this, right? For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue has muttered perversely, perversities. So it's one thing to be discouraged, and one thing to be depressed, another thing to be grumbling, right? I hate this, and I hate that, and I can't stand <laughs> this, and I, what's wrong with that person? I deserve this, right? All that. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. So lying is that truth, is that falsehood that looks so much like the truth, and it's the, the devil's most uh, powerful tool, right? So what exposes a lie? What exposes a lie? Truth. truth. So this is why we're in Bible school, we're in the truth, and we are able to, to expose um, the craftiness of a lie. All right. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch viper's eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed, crushed a viper breaks out. Now, this verse, uh, Pastor Stevens preached many years on these verses, and I could not hold a candle to what he was said on it, but this is worth a good study that... The point is, is when you hear information, it, it can go in you if you don't have the armor of God. That information can lodge in you, and it can fester, and it can grow, and eventually it can change your mind. It can change your direction. It can change your perception of things. It can change your heart. Why would someone say, I don't believe the Bible anymore? Why would someone say that that's been walking with God for 25 years? Oh, I don't believe the Bible anymore. It's an example of this. 
something came into their life that was unchecked, information that did not go to the cross, doubt, which is not bad, as long as it leads you to truth, but doubt unchecked turned this man's heart around, and today he does not believe in God. A friend of mine, 25 years, 25 years strong in the ministry, what happens? Deception happens. Deception happens. So, it's impossible. Like Ephesians 6, those flaming arrows. That's what we're talking about here, the flaming arrows. The shield of faith in the Roman days, the shields were as tall, almost as tall as the soldier, and he would hide under his, under his shield in the fiery darts. And this is an interesting verse in Isaiah 12, 3. They would anoint their, their shields with oil. So when the fiery dart would come from the enemy, the oil would quench the fire. And that oil is significant of the Holy Spirit. So when you and I hear information, we got to make sure we got our helmet of salvation on, <laughs> our breastplate of righteousness, because one word can break a bone. It really can, right? So in conversation with an evil report, I have found myself doing this. I've had to stop the conversation. And, and, and you know it. You know how it sounds. A few minutes into it, it's like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, what, what are you really saying here? Like, let's, let's stop the deflecting. Let's stop the blaming. What, what do you need? I try to bring it right into the person. Let's talk to the person that's there and not the 50 people that are not there. Okay. Does that make sense? So um, let me just show you a couple. Uh, let me show you an interesting verse here in 1 Peter 4.15. So... I don't want this class to be about, oh, don't do this, don't do that. It's not my purpose of class today. I hope you're not receiving it that way. Um, I think awareness is important and uh, forgiveness. Um, but also, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You go You go to the Lord and... and <laughs> You're, you're just addressing these points. You know, you're, you're, you're saying, is this something Jesus would say to me? Is this something my Bible tells me? Is this something that's going to bring me closer to God? Is this something that has facts? What's the context? Maybe you're talking to the wrong person. Most of the time, it's the wrong. The venting is a popular thing in psychology, but venting doesn't work. Let me just tell you straight up, venting does not work. You know what it does? It just brings more pollutants into the air. We talk to God, and I love what Hannah said, we talk to the right people. We find a person, and we say, hey, listen, this is really bugging me. Help me. All right? Okay, 1 Peter 4. Let's look at this. And it's going to get worse. I, I mean, there is such a momentous about the cancel culture. Um, <clears throat> like, let's say someone tells you something about Pastor Shallow. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to handle that? No one's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. right am I called to investigate those things? Or let's say someone says something, I don't know, about you. Let's say all of a sudden Rachel. Rachel's like an angel here. Let's say someone says something about Rachel. What, what do you think? <laughs> like, you know, are you the judge and jury? You know? It's like, really, I want us to be a little aggressive and a little bit of like, hey, wait a minute. You're, I'm not just easy going here have you just spill your 
your, your poisonous asps and your poison on me, right? All right, let me show you an interesting point. 415. <laughs> I remember going to Pastor Shaw and saying, Pastor Shaw, there's some things being said here. What do you think about that? And, you know, he, he was awesome about it. I went, to, I went to the person first. I went to Pastor Shaw and I said, and uh, humility is a, is a, is a mm. tremendous defense. Humility, isn't it? Mm. Before honor is humility. And um, remember that? that, that uh, quote he used to say uh, from Churchill, the lie travels around the world while truth puts its boots on. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? Very interesting. Anybody know what that means? Yeah. What's it mean, Terry? Well, lies just, people just say them and spill them and, and no one cares about them. They don't want to get to the bottom of it. They don't care. And it's demonic. Also. It's demonic, yes. <laughs> it has an energy. Yes. And truth, there's truth lacing the boots, right? Mm -hmm. Truth is slow, painfully slow. Mm. What does Pastor Schaller do? Does he just lie more about it? You know what? He did not defend himself. He said, I'm not going to defend myself. That's what I like about him. I love about him. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to defend myself. He didn't even answer the, like, I know enough about him. I've known him for 35 years. I know that what was said was. There, there's a lot we could say there. This is years ago, but he just was dead. He was a dead man. You can't offend a dead man, right? Mm -hmm. So the evil report, he wasn't going to partake in that. And that, I guess that's my point today, is not to, not to be drawn in. If sinners entice thee, one second, Belinda. If sinners entice thee, do not consent, Proverbs chapter 2. Don't get roped into this, this um, communal evil. Communal evil, uh, another term that is very powerful. It's like multiple parties communal, communicating infectious evil. And we know the whole earth lies in Ponderos evil, infectious evil. Well, this is a heavy class. And I'm encouraged. Are you encouraged? Amen. All right. Hope I'll say you 4.15. 1 Peter 4.15. Interesting word. Busybody. Anybody? Anyway, <laughs> busybody. Okay, this is this is something. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Now, in Inreach, we are directly involved in lots of people's lives, but there's a line: we don't breach privacy, and we always ask permission. Mm -hmm. Always ask permission. We don't want to just insert ourselves. Because information comes across our desk all the time. And it's like, I said, Lord, we just want to see that person in Christ. We want to know nothing except Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 2, in Christ crucified. But also, even in that person's worst state, how are we going to handle them? How are we going to handle them as they go through a divorce? How are we going to handle them when they make a crazy decision? How are we going to handle them... Uh, when they come in for chronic uh, sin or um, maybe they, they're in a place of weakness. Like God is saying, love restores. We're going to teach them about the love of God and we're going to reconcile them to faith, who they are in their position. So very important. But what does a busy body do? Carries tales. 
busybody there. They carry okay. tails. Yeah. Yeah, they carry tails. What else do they do? Get into people's business. Yeah, get into people's business, yeah. They make it their mission, yeah, Belinda? It's like, it's like um, basically it's like sleeping people. Okay. Push, push Perfect. Mm-hmm. Great point. What'd you say? Police. Pol- policing people. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, Pat? I had a situation going back and people would come to me and say, well, what about this? And what about, I said, why are you asking me? Why should, it's none of my business. Go talk to the person if you do have a problem or take it, you know, to someone in authority that can talk to you about Mm -hmm. it. Because that little thing can fester in people's hearts. And if I responded to them and said, oh, yeah, this, this person, you know, did this, that, and the other thing. Even though I knew, I had to keep my mouth shut because it wasn't my place, and I knew it wasn't my place. Oh. And I Everyone just, hear that? And I said, you pray, you talk to God, Good. and go to those in authority, or go to the person themselves, ask them. Yeah, that's that's the starting point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an important like we're not the spokesman for somebody else, right? That's right. Yeah. Even though our hearts are amazing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let people talk for themselves. Let go. Like let's let's read Matthew 18, and then I want to talk about something. Matthew 18, 15 through 18. Let's look at that. I'm bringing this up because honestly, I don't see this practiced often. And that's not an accusation to anybody. It's just often we are leading people in Matthew 18. You will lead people. You will lead people so they do not sin against themselves. Okay, uh, Tim, are you there? Matthew 18? You want to read it? You want? Yes. 15 through 18? Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he hears you, thou hast gained a brother. But if he will not hear you, then take with thee one or two more, that in every mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Okay. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? Pretty clear, right? All right. So, uh, yes. So, how do you um, help people grow into that vision? Because that's not how the world is doing, and because we've been raised, you know, in the world, in a sense, yeah, we can have like natural tendencies to go against that, and as you said, like it's not often applied. So, how do you help people grow into that? Because I feel like. If you're just saying to someone, oh, no, don't talk to me, just go to, like, if you just plainly rebuke them, you're not building a capacity for them to go towards the person, and they're not just, they're not going to vent at you, and that's good, but they're going to vent at someone else instead of just sure. going towards the person. So how do you do yeah. that? Yeah. So, I mean, Yvonne brings up a good point, and by the way, I would not, uh, I want to preface this by saying we wouldn't be like, oh, stop talking, stop talking. We want to teach them. You're going to teach them. You're going to say, I know this is countercultural, but the Bible says, 
that we go to them alone. And we're doing that in compassion, and we're leading them. And all we can do as leaders is lead people. They often may not do what you say, unfortunately, and that's the, that's the tragedy of ministry. <laughs> You're begging them to honor God and walk in truth, but they won't. So, Yvonne, you're leading them. You're showing them. Maybe, maybe you know, if, if so, you hear something about Andrew, you're going to take that person and you're going to say, "Hey, let's let's go talk to Andrew together," or one, and you're going to walk it. You're going to walk it out. So that's a great term. I love it. You're going to walk out your faith with somebody. You're not just going to shut them down and say, "Oh, you heathen, you're evil, or poor." I'm not going to. You know, you're going to stop the conversation by saying, "Wait, let's." Facts, context, and am I the right person to be talking to, right? So, you, and I honestly have to say, you will be the teacher. Yeah. Make sense? All right. Let me, you want to hear the 32 doctrines that yeah. that are uh, just very edifying? It took a little <laughs> study. So, maybe to think about this, having a silver tongue, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Like, I want to be believing things for people when they don't believe it for themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have we said truth to people and they're like, oh, I wish that was a reality in my life. And you can say, it is a reality in your life. Romans 4, 17, one of my favorite verses. You confess those things which are not happening now as though they have happened That is edification. That is speaking value. That is speaking potential. A lot of people, it's easy to have negative, like a negative acting out, like a kid. If there's not enough attention or if he's tired or in my kid's case, he eats too much sugar, right? <laughs> he, what's he honestly saying? Spend time with me, talk to me, love me, care for me, right? A lot, a lot of ministry is preemptive this way. We're going to speak to them the way God speaks to them, the way the Bible is written for them, and to strengthen their faith. Okay. All right. So privacy. I breach privacy. You want, you want me to go through this list? Mm -hmm. So these are thirty-two things. These are thirty-two doctrines. When, when, again, it's not hearing bad news. Bad news is we hear it every day. What did Pastor Elshon say? Evil is what, Pastor Alshon? System. A system that attacks God, right? Goes against the nature of God, okay? That's why in 2 Corinthians 10.5 it says, cast down every argument that goes against the nature of God. Cast it down. Why? Because the evil one is constantly trying to get at us, right? But the wicked one touches us not. <clears throat> All right, so... Privacy. How important is privacy? Very important, right? Confidentiality. Okay? There's a difference, isn't there? Privacy is someone's personal information or personal word. Confidentiality is something that that person says to you or confides in. <coughs> Similar but different. We break edification. Number three, edification. Edification is I'm building up that person in their most holy faith, Acts 20, 28. Covering, amazing doctrine, understood correctly. 
we break covering. We see in Jeremiah oftentimes that people are covered in thorns and the viper bites them because they're outside the covering of the Bible. The tongue, the doctrine of the tongue. James chapter 3 is a great chapter, good read. And we can look at a couple of verses there together. Uh, let's turn there. James, the tongue. When I'm tired or just, like I've had a backache for two months, <laughs> I know when I'm physically compromised in one sense, and I have to kind of be careful what my words on earth can do. For God is in heaven, right? And we're on earth. How many, how many know your limitations? Good. Okay, James chapter 3. Okay. Let's just read that. So my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you will receive a stricter judgment. For we stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. <laughs> Able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, and they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at a ship. Although they are so large, they are driven by fierce winds, and they are turned by a very small rudder, wherein the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is, a, is fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature, and it sets on fire by hell. Okay? I'll let you continue on that. So, again, the balance here, and I want to reiterate it, is have people you can talk to. I think as men... Women are better at this, but men, it's good to have someone you can talk to and not just be a camel and just bear it all alone and just kind of go into the grave and just, you know, destroying yourselves. Like, ask for help. Talk. Talk is a good thing, right? Right, guys? Yes. Sir. Right, guys? Yes. Sir. All right. Okay. Believer priest, that's number six. The doctrine of the believer priests. We stand or fall before God and stand we will, Romans 14, 4. Okay, the believer priest. Okay, David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. <clears throat> slander, we said that. It can be verbal, but mostly it's written. The doctrine of slander. Gossip. It could be news in general, but it's just behind the person's back. Leaven, the doctrine of leaven. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. So it's the whole principle of you're making some bread, and it's a little yeast, and boy, that's so powerful. That's why it's like we want to be aware of like what we're hearing. Like, I'm not against movies, and I'm not against television, but that could be leaven in my life. It could affect me. It could trigger someone uh, in, into their addictions, too. Um, it all starts with a thought. It all starts with a thought. Communication, number 10. Communication. Communication. Um, 
not just constructive criticism, that's not divine communication, but it is creative communication. Am I addressing that person's potential? Am I addressing that person's faith? And this is a big thing. We, we don't address someone's condition, right? This is the difference that we're talking about. We address their position, where they are going, who Christ says that they are. A lot of people are like, you know, if we just address people in their condition, that'd be depressing, right? But think about this. Who does Christ say that I am? Who does Christ say that I am? That's a much better conversation. The doctrine of deception, personal deception, right? I don't even know I'm wrong. And then it takes a brother that says, hey, let's just open the scriptures together. Can I pray with you? And then the Holy Spirit is who convicts. The doctrine of the cross, number 12, the doctrine of the cross, like we breach redemption in allowing someone to assassinate someone else in front of us. Uh, the doctrine of love. Isn't love amazing? It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails, right? And we're talking about God's love. The doctrine of grace. Grace. Like if we really believe grace, then this is going to be something we're constantly learning our whole life. <coughs> Giving what's not deserved. Mercy. Mercy is a big one, right? Doctrine of mercy. Mercy takes away what? I deserve. That's why humility is beautiful. Let's say someone is turned and they, they respond to your investment and they turn from their sin. That's, that's, a, that's magnificent. 16, the doctrine of forgiveness. The doctrine of forgiveness. It's Isaiah 118. We turn and God is running towards us. He is already running to us. But if I'm focused on someone's sin, then guess what? I, I don't I know anything about forgiveness. And 2-1 of Romans, this verse scares the daylights out of me. Their sin comes off of them onto me, and now I have compound judgment. That's a great conversation. Right? 17. The doctrine of unity. Unity. It's okay. If the critic comes to you, it's okay. Let him, let him criticize you. It's, it's not a big deal. Listen to the critic. Make sure if they have a valid point, correct it. But don't, don't fret over the critic. I don't enjoy that, but it is what it is. Right? Um, 18. The doctrine of conspiracy. Okay, and we touched on some of those verses today. People conspiring with one thing to destroy, to divide, to assassinate. That's why Satan attacks your relationship with your pastor and your Bible and the body. That's why we want to invest in those three relationships. What are those three relationships? What are the three pastor relationships, body. Anna? Pastor, body, body. Good. <laughs> Good. You're getting your sharp crew. The doctrine of Satan. 
red guy in a pointy hat. That's his greatest, that's his greatest lie. Satan is alive and well. In 12, 12 and 1210, his main mission is to take you out, but he's going to fail, and he has already failed. Pride, number 20, the doctor of pride. Anybody know what pride is? What's pride? Pardon? Being puffed up. Puffed up? Good. What else, Terry? Anything you can say about pride? Uh, I'm thinking it's, well, lack of humility, so the opposite of humility. Good. Excellent. Luke? Uh, self justification. Okay, excellent. Wow, that's a very good one. Self justification. Good. Pastor Stevens wrote a great book. If you haven't read it, I recommend it. It's called The Monster Sin. Anybody ever heard that? And Joanne, of course. Joanne, Joanne read all of them. Rachel, you've probably read that, right? I was there when he preached it in Steve Taylor's barn. Mm -hmm. The monster sin. That'll change your life. I like how Luke defined it. We're going to take that today. All right. Um, fellowship 21. We breach the doctrine of fellowship. We no longer can have fellowship with that person because we're swimming in, 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 in bad information. Uh, divine viewpoint 22 by the way if someone if you have that if you're reminded of something that someone did to you there's a term called error A-E-I-R A-E-I-R it's an interesting term from Isaiah 3-9 it's called a, it, it's more than just the physical A-I-R it's A-E-I-R which means there's a demonic or some sort of um, there's a there's a distance between you and that person. When I feel that, and I feel that sometimes, I go to that person in humility and say, hey, listen, I just want to make sure we're good. I want to make sure that we have pure fellowship. A-E-I-R, Isaiah 3, 9, interesting study. The devil wants to divide and to uh, cause division. So if it's just... You know, the term walking on eggshells, that's terrible, isn't it? You ever walk on eggshells around people? Terrible. Why, why is that? It's usually because of self-consciousness. Self-consciousness. And I know I'm covering a lot of stuff today. Self-consciousness is why there's awkward situations going on in our lives. It's because we are occupied with ourselves. And most of the time, if not 99.9%, .9 the person has no idea what you're talking about. I love you. What are you talking about? Right? <laughs> All right. And if there's something, then that's that's uh, that's good too. Uh, Twenty-three. The doctrine of doctrine. That's another. These are all booklets. Pastor Stephen wrote 500 booklets. Um, really great, great material. Doctrine of doctrine means that that what we have in our hands today is the truth in the mind of Christ. 24, faith. We breach the doctrine of faith. We no longer see what God sees. We are living in natural conclusion and natural reasoning. 25, the doctrine of Phariseeism, and that is a doctrine. <clears throat> what, was, what, was so, what was going on with the Pharisees in the, in the, uh, the Gospels? What, what, what were they about? What was their main mission? Well, those things they didn't, they didn't 
okay, for sure. There's a lot of hypocrisy there. What else? What, what, what were they all about? What were they trying to do every time? Get rid of Jesus. Yes. Build themselves up. Self, you, uh, what's the word? Aggrandizement. Yes. Making themselves look like everyone. Yes. But there's one other thing, JP. Self justification. Yeah, they were certainly all about themselves, justifying themselves. But what were they trying to do to Jesus before killing him? What What did they wanted? What were they trying to do to him? Discredit. Thank you. Discredit and trap him. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Discredit. And that's our human nature. We're going to put someone down so we look better. That's, that's uh, God help us there. Okay. Uh, prayer and intercession. That's 26. We, you know, it's hard to pray when, you know, you're looking at the speck in someone's eye and we have a log in our own eye. It's hard to pray. And God teach us that. Um, 27, wisdom. We lose wisdom in the process, Proverbs chapter 9. And that's, remember, the devil's strategy is to distract you from your Bible, from meditation, so, because he knows that the word will defeat him every day of the week. So, of course, he wants you out of the Bible. And he's very general. You ever notice that? The devil's very general. The word is always precise. Um, meekness, 28. Meekness. What's meekness? Anybody know? Meekness. Different from humility. What's meekness? Submission to God. Okay. That's part of it. Okay, that's part of it. That's part of it. Oh, that's good. Those are good words. So it's Psalm 25, 9. It's teachability. Teachability to God, to, towards God. Teachability. Humility means that I'm not thinking of myself, but meekness is I'm teachable to learn. So submission, those things are definitely part of it. Yeah, JP. So what did Jesus mean when it said, like, he's, like, he's teachable? The meek will he teach? But the one when Jesus said, like, learn that we find me. Yes. Is he teaching? Yeah. So that's a great point. So he was learning from his father the whole time he was on this earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus was totally surrendered, totally submitted. Mm -hmm. He did not have a doctrine of himself. He said, he said, the meek will he teach, Matthew chapter 5, but also learn of me, Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come unto me, learn of me. These are all demonstrations of what he learned from his father. All right, we're almost done. You ready? 29. Are you at 29? Judging. Somebody might say, oh, you're judging me. What's the difference between judging and discerning? What's the difference? Motivation. Okay, motivation, good. Yeah. Discerning is like discerning a spirit versus judging, judging the person. Okay, perfect. Okay. Very important. Discernment is a fruit of wisdom. It's always connected to the word and to the spirit. Judging is emotional. It's uh, very much a self-sourced uh, self, uh, action. You're judging me. No, I'm not, I'm not judging. I love you. I'm presenting. 
Bashi says all the time, don't get angry with me. It's, it's what the Bible says. Remember, remember that? Yeah. All the time. I was like, why does he keep saying that? Now I know why. People are angry with me. You know? And I don't mean that in a snarky way, but just like you just present the Bible, right? Evil, the doctrine of evil. That's number 30. Doctrine of the Holy Spirit, number 31. And number 32, the doctrine of humility. So these are some, these are the 32 I came up with. Uh, I think they're applicable. There's probably more, but... <coughs> what was 31? 31 was the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. In evil, I'm grieving and quenching the Spirit. Right? Humility, I'm thinking way too much of myself. I'm living in self-justification, self-orientation, self, uh, self, self, self. All right, any questions? we got some time for questions. We talked a lot of stuff today. Yes, Spencer. about in Galatians where Paul confronted Peter, like before everyone, you know? Like that was a serious issue, you know, the doctrine of justification, but like, mm -hmm. does that apply, you know? Like, ever, could we like, apply that wisdom to a moment and like, <clears throat> and cover something like that, you know? The only thing I would say to that is um, because of insecurity, people may want to shame other people publicly. So I wouldn't start there. I think Paul had a ministry to Peter where he went to him alone and ministered to him. But if, if the person is not responsive, we just read this amount then there's a problem with you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say there's something wrong with Gerard here, right? There's nothing wrong with him, right? But, and I'm like talking, I'm like shaming him. Is he going to receive that? No, he's going to get angry with me, right? It's going to close his spirit. But my ministry to him is way before that. And it's last resort if you open it to you. Does that make sense? So, because of the relationship, yes. they will do that. Yes. Like, if it was a stranger, maybe he would have not. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've given this illustration before. I had guys in my church in the Ukraine selling Discord <coughs> against me, and, and I saw it, and I, I went to him and said, I know what you're doing. That's not what we're about here. If you have questions, come to me. And this is, a, this is another good point. Our church, unfortunately, has a lot of stuff on the internet, and I don't recommend you go look at it, by the way. Please do that. But a lot of new people, that's what they do. They Google a church, and, and, and unfortunately, there is just tons of garbage there that is just uh, lost. So I remember talking to a brother recently in one of our New Believers class. He asked me about it, and I said, listen, listen we can help answer those questions. He says, oh, your church has too much drama. I want to know your church has no drama. I said, if you find them, let me know. You know? And if there's no drama, there's probably no fruit either. But my point is this, is that people, unfortunately, are gravitating to evil. Like, you know, let's say, you know, if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, right, you, you, you organize, uh, do you still do <coughs> much? 
No, not anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. By the way, I, I visited him when he was the manager down in Chipotle. His team loved him. He was like Solomon. <laughs> I'm like, is your manager great? <laughs> Let me tell you how great he is. I was like, I love that. It's so good. But if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, they say you can tell up to 19 people. I know that's an odd number. But if you have a good experience, you can tell like three or four. It's like evil travel slash, you know? So anyway, the, the internet's a beautiful thing if you know how to handle it. It's like, a, it's like a kid with a revolver. You know, some things are not meant to be together. But um, I can't tell you how much people just take, they swallow what's on the internet before they talk to people and before they see the fruit of a ministry. It is a mystery to me. I had a guy say, oh, you guys are a cult. He came for six months. And I said, I said, really? I said, okay. I said, what is it? I always, this is one thing I do, and this is a good practice. You do it too, I'm sure. Let's, how do you define the word cult? I always, how are, my definition of cult and your definition of cult, probably two different things. What's your intrinsic dictionary? Tell me. And he told me. Controlling, um, uh, in people's business, um, oppressive. And I said, okay. I said, have you experienced that here at Greater Grace? He goes, no. I go, okay, so why are you saying we're a cult? <laughs> I read this. I go, well, you can read the comics, too. Are you going to call Garfield? Or, you know what I'm saying? It's like absurdity. <laughs> it's like, let's just connect your absurds. And he had a couple other things. We talked for 30 minutes, and I was not like judgmental or reactionary. I just said, I said, your, your line of thinking is not making sense to me. I just told him, I said, mm -hmm. I said your experience and what you're reading is two different things. He goes, well, my girlfriend... Mm. My girlfriend, my girlfriend. That's I said, so oh, and where's your girlfriend? And I'm not against the girls. No, no offense, gals. I'm joking. Uh, because it's, it's not always like that. But, and, yeah. Anyway, it's always something you don't expect. Okay. Any other questions? Yes, Rachel. Okay, you said you go to the person, which we've been taught, you go to them alone. But who is it that you're taking with you if they don't receive you? It says bringing someone else with you. Well, then you've shared whatever. I'm not understanding. Who so that's a good point. Um, typically, um, it could be another leader that knows them, that has investment in their life, typically. Okay. Or someone that they're accountable to, typically. Okay. And then thirdly, if that doesn't work, then you should bring the pastor. So that's when they there's a sin that they're affecting other people in, not you personally? Right. So if there's sin and that person is blind, like for instance, um, let's say there's a leader in the church. We just recently had this in a branch ministry, and he wanted to lead worship. He was living with his girlfriend. And we said, hey, we, we love that you want to do that, but... You have to make your house right before God before mm -hmm. we can have you be an example. So that took some time, and they responded. But it took, it, it didn't just take one person working with it, it took two people. Mm -hmm. Very rarely have I seen it go to three for this open review. So typically it's you and that person, because there's equity of love, you have investment. Maybe someone else in their life that they know and respect. That's why if someone says, um, sometimes in marriage counseling, the, the wife
wife may say, my husband doesn't listen to, my husband won't listen to the pastor, he won't listen to the message. And we're asking this question, who does he listen to? Mm-hmm. And that's the person we bring mm-hmm. through prayer and through humility. And not like attack, and we're here to surround and conquer you, but like as a brother, listen, this is hurting you. Hurting other people. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Yeah, Joanne? Um, could you, no, could. Would you define familiar spirits and how would that affect, let's say, a Christian or unsaved, a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit? Mm-hmm. Say the question again. Yeah, um, could you define a familiar spirit? I think Dr. Stevens addressed that. I mean, he was talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And how would that affect another Christian in a negative way? Sure. I had a guy tell me yesterday, he, he's got a friend that reminds him of his sin all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and this person's no longer living in sin. They're actually doing great. Mm-hmm. But their friend reminds them of their past. Mm-hmm. That's a familiar spirit. Anybody that knows you it's like, oh, by the way, God crucified that. I'm, I am living a new resurrection life, and God has forgotten it. Why are you remembering? <laughs> you don't want to be around people like that. Mm-hmm. Familiar spirits. Now, from the world, I wouldn't expect anything different. I mean, I used to work in the world, and I mean, we're around the world every day, and that's good. We're missionaries. But um, we shouldn't expect anything like godly coming out of them. Mm. Like, like it's interesting, I was talking with a brother just yesterday, and he said he was working, and, and um, some guy just said something snarky to him. He just said, you should just go back and listen to your Christian music. Like he said that snarkily to him. Like, and it was, it was not even in context to what they were talking about. He just reacted to him. Mm-hmm. And this, this man just was quiet. He didn't react. He just began to pray for this man, pray for this man. And two years later, right, it's two years, mm-hmm. uh, this man came to me and he said, I gotta know what you're about. I gotta know what, why you're, you have peace in your life. And this man led the family to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like the world desperately needs what we got. Yeah, Luke. Where do you find the balance between, um, like, you know, you might, you might, like, notice a brother has, um, like, a certain sin that, like, but you also might recognize that they might not be in the same place of their faith as you are, where they have the same conviction. So where do you, where's like the balance of um, going to them with that or just letting it be because you know that the Holy Spirit is working in them? And like they're not, they might not be at that point yet where they have that same conviction that you might have. Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, a couple things come to mind. Um, if you see something, Say something. If you have a relationship with them, out of care, you can you can approach it very gently, and at the right time, because he's going to see your life, he's going to see your demonstration of life, and, and that's going to be a confrontation of God's goodness, the goodness of God that leads into repentance. So, so let's say somebody's smoking weed, right, and they don't think much about it, right, and you don't smoke weed, let's say, right. Just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, that joke. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes people go to people and they have the same sin and you're counseling them and you're falling in the same sin. So 
<laughs> so hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> sure, that was funny. So um, you just come alongside them, honestly, and you're not like a preacher at them. You just walk with them. And at the right time, you can just begin to communicate, hey, listen, you don't need me in your life. God, God can comfort you. God can strengthen you. God can do whatever. This, and sometimes personal testimony is huge. Right. Hey, God delivered me from weed. I haven't smoked it. And your personal testimony can be huge. Uh, being a preacher at them, never, it doesn't work. It just shuts them down and they don't want to be with you. On the flip side, I wouldn't condone it. I wouldn't be sitting there watching them do it. I would be like, I would kind of have margins there. Like they say, you know, some people think, oh, you can go to the bar and just minister to people, right? But that's not, you want to kind of be called out from that. So, like, you can have a ministry by word, you can have a ministry by relationship and action, but if they're familiar with you, which is unfortunately, when people are familiar with you, like Joanne just said, you've lost your ministry to them. You've lost the ministry. So if someone's... They, they feel like they feel like they can uh, curse or smoke or drink or then you have to kind of say to yourself either my impact is not really impacting or I need to be a little more clear what I believe or I need to distance myself so that's kind of a that's kind of a that's kind of a question you have to ask yourself but if it's another brother if it's a believer do all that you can to demonstrate the truth to them. I mean, as well as speak it, of course. I don't want to say you have to leave it. It's kind of be a closed mouth there, but your, your, your actions will speak a lot louder than your words. Did you ever notice, like I've had this happen, when people know that you're a Christian and they were swearing, what do they do? What's the first thing they do? Preacher man, I'm so sorry. You know? And it's like, about that in one sense, but it's a way in, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes time. It takes a long time to, to minister. All right, so this interrevolution.us, I mean, that's going to be where this class is. And um, how many heard something that, that was helpful today? Good. Great. The Lord just seal these words. God, help us. Help us, Lord. Anoint our shields. Give us silver tongues, Lord. Just help us really, really have your mind in the situations and help people connect back to you, Lord. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.